seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. The Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. Home Sweet Home, uh, a slasher movie from 1981, um, in a, filmed in America, is not known as being particularly um, great, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, and the in the list of, of nasties that we've gone over over the, over the years, every now and again we, we come across a film that the, the filmmakers are probably more interesting than the film itself. Home Sweet Home is certainly fits into that bracket, although um, there is one rather unusual element which you uh, might might catch your attention and uh, make the film slightly more memorable than either its title or its concepts would. That is a character played by Peter DePala, a, uh, a stage magician who, for some reason, is dressed clown makeup throughout the entire thing. It's 7am in Los Angeles and our top story continues to be the intensive police dragnet for an armed and dangerous escaped mental patient. 26-year-old Jay Jones escaped from the Hobart State Hospital for the criminally insane last night after killing an attendant and leaving a guard in critical condition. Jones was committed to Hobart eight years ago after a lengthy and well-publicized trial following the bludgeoning death of both of his parents. We talked with a state police department spokesman shortly after Jones' escape last night. He's extremely dangerous. said the story um, American film directed by a woman called Nettie Pina and written by Thomas Bush we'll get on to both of those people in a bit it stars uh, Jake Steinfeld who is was relatively like a C-movie sub not C-movie C-list celebrity perhaps uh, fitness guru and um, uh, Vanessa Shaw as well who um well, it's certainly more famous and um, well, you could argue act most of the people on the film off the table, even at this incredibly young age. Its story tells is about a, um, a guy who's addicted to PCP who goes on a um, killing spree. Um, we see him initially yank a, a bloke out of a car. He's 
very physically strong and a bulky bloke, you know, he's, he's able to, to, to not muck about. Anyway, he's escaped, but after bludgeoning some patients, he carjacks a guy, runs down an old woman through the streets of LA, and then uh, goes to a secluded ranch where uh, nine people, a conveniently large number perhaps, are celebrating Thanksgiving. So there's um, a guy called Harold, his tenant, girlfriends, who everyone is incredibly keen to have some, uh, you know, they're all very keen to have sex with their girlfriends. <laughs> very, well, you know, who isn't sort of on Thanksgiving time, I suppose. Everyone's on, on, on a break. Our killer, who doesn't have a name, is uh, kind of makes his way to the ranch and then starts um, killing people off. Now, at the start of this, and then that's, that's kind of it, really. Um, so, and the bits that try and be funny aren't very funny. And the bits that are trying not to be funny can be quite funny. Um, I think it's fair to say. And the kills generally are quite um, fluffed. They're not great. Um, people kind of, somebody gets killed by getting thrown onto a car bonnet. And, you know, there's another person who gets killed by being crushed by a car bonnet. Um, and it, the, the, the shot lingers a bit too much. It's relatively bloodless. Um, so there's the you know the reasons what you know when you compare this to something like the Prowler, aka Rosemary's Killer. You know the, 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 the night and day in terms of you know the reasons why you want to watch a film like this. I.e., it's riddled with with gore and violence. What it is therefore noticeable for and remembered for is one character called, as we said, by Peter de Paula, who um, was known as a stage magi- magician, really. And he did a, they did this, and he also appeared in an episode of Wonder Woman as well. Um, and uh, he is dressed as a... Well, he's got a, a, a speaker, like a ghetto blaster speaker on his back. He's got a, an electric guitar plugs into it. It all seems to be, you know, self-contained. Well, it is all self-contained power-wise. So he's got power there as well. And um, his face is done up in black and white. So, you know, almost like Warriors, you know, the um, baseball fury, is it? Um, you know, that kind of white and black mimic makeup. He's kind of got that on the go. And he's introduced to the, to the story as some to peers and um, gets in the way and tries to stop people from the the the, the couples having sex, basically. So they're, 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 they're you know trying to get close on the bed, your clothes are being removed, and he'd jump up and go whoa, whatever, say something shit, and then fuck off, and they'd be fuming because obviously you know as you would be because that's a violation of your privacy, um, and uh, and he's a prick, clearly. So. And a, a fair chunk of the initial runtime is dedicated to him being a knobhead, popping up in places, and various people irritated by this and kind of talking about how they want him to go to fuck off, basically. Like, why is he even here? He's a knobhead. Uh, but the reason why he's there, of course, is that mistake, as his name is, bizarrely, is actually a family member. And as we go along, various people are killed in various slashery ways. 
Um, as I say, none of them particularly mind-blowing. And we even get a little little fake-out ending as well. So, normally, um, this would now involve me uh, desperately rummaging around and talking about some of the characters and, and all this kind of stuff, and you throw in a bit, few bits and bobs in terms of, oh, there's this bit. But I'm not going to do that today. Not convinced Home Sweet Home needs a 35-minute podcast. But what I will do is concentrate on, on some of the people around it because they are more interesting. Nettie Pina, for example, as a, we, I think, I think it's the same person. So there's there's two there's two people, right? So she let's, let's take her IMDb for starters because somebody clearly has lovingly put cook put this together. She's done three films. One was uh, Dracula Sucks from 1978. Now Dracula Sucks is a comedy porno with, uh, and it's one of the ones where it's. Um, you can do like a, a softcore version, and then there's there's a hardcore version as well. Um, you know, so a, a moment when the porn industry was still had aspirations of being a bit bigger potentially than than they actually were. Dracula sucks. Unsurprisingly, is a hardcore comedy porno. You know, you're meant to have a good time watching it. Don't think you're meant to be too scared. And it fits in with a wide variety of these kinds of films. You know, like. We've already spoken about the 1969 softcore German fairy tale film. Um, obviously, in '76 there was an American uh, Alice in Wonderland porno, and there's been various kind of things in the in the past that kind of says, you know what? Let's take various elements of uh, classic literature, which of course are out of copyright, and add uh, cock, and we'll go from there. She also, more interestingly, according to IMDb, created a video documentary called They're Not Green, which is, uh, uh, to put nicely, an anti, well, environmental movie. An environmental movie in the sense that the story uh, it's trying to push is that um, wind farms are not actually the green alternative people make out they are. So, you know, labour of love, editor, director, produced by her. And shot. Um, now, if we look Google Netty a bit closer, we 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 find something else. Somebody that may be here, perhaps, <laughs> who worked at UCLA, who went went to, who did a Bachelor in Arts and Master Fine Arts degree in UCLA, uh, became a theatre student, was um, won the William Morris Scholarship for Outstanding Film Directing, went to work on NBC News in Burbank. Now does arts does is a still photographer, uh, and uh, won the uh, photographic award of the Arts Council exhibits at the Gallon, and plans to make a documentary on the Guatemalan Mayan women weavers. However, you know that Nettie Pina doesn't appear to uh, have any mention of uh, her her past making uh, hardcore Dracula sucks films or. Uh, second-tier slasher movies, instead focusing far more on a beautiful, and it is very beautiful, uh, still photography. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's the same person, I'm saying it might be the same age. And I haven't had a chance to reach out and, and, and ask her, hey, did you uh, did you make that film 30 years ago? 40 years, 40 years ago? Anyway, 
And also, we kind of, if we look over to um, uh, the producer, a guy called Don Edmonds. Don was born in Kansas in 1937, and he came to Hollywood really as an actor and worked in TV, such things as, you know, oh, I don't know, um, Loretta Young show, you know, crap like that, Saturday night, Saturday night stuff. Um, and he became cast as, like, you know, the, the goofy sidekick guy in, in beach party movies, but not the big ones. Uh, he also appeared guest roles in things like The Monsters, Stone Fathers Knows Best in the 50s. But he made his money, probably, and his directorial debut in a softcore feature called Wild Honey from 72. He also is most famous for directing um, the Nazi exploitation classic Ilsa, She Wolf of the SS, and its sequel, Harm Keeper of the Oil Shakes. He made um, Crap as well, um, Terror on Tour, which is another slasher film from the time. It's not that surprising that he's, you know, in the mix. You know, he he was one of the team that kind of, he worked on um, Short Circuit, the um, Robot Comes Alive film from the mid-80s, you know, Johnny Five and all that. So, you know, and he did get, you know, executive producer credits in, in True Romance. So, you know, Don is, Don is sadly no longer with us. He died of liver cancer in uh, 2009. Um, you know, did some, did some good stuff, you know, but he also did things like Home Sweet Home. And, you know, I think a lot of filmmakers and producers kind of start make, start to get the ball rolling with, um, things like, Ilsa, you know, so I'm not going to be too too down and stuff. And you know, although Ilsa isn't on the list, it, you know what? It, um, I think we touched about we will have touched about on the on the exploit uh, the Nazi exploitation films, but you know, they're fun. You know, they they they're good quality. They're quite offensive, but they're they're good stuff. You know what I mean? When we look at um, Thomas Bush, who wrote the the script, he pops up a little bit in different bits and bobs, not much in truth. He was assistant sound editor on Evil Dead 2, which is probably his biggest credit. A lot of the rest of his credits appear in um, production assistance and, you know, helping out and stuff. It appears that Home Sweet Home was, you know, his, you know, we're going to get get this going and, it, you know, it probably didn't work out quite that well for him. And as we said, Vanessa Shaw has an who has a, an early role um Oh, she obviously began as a child actor, and this is you know a role in in that, and she is perfectly serviceable as a role as a, a young kid, willing to say all sorts. It's crazy when you think about it. She's you know, forty four, uh, so she was you know flipping heck. She will have been five when she made this film, five or six. Anyway, she's been in things from Forty Days a Night, Eyes Wide Shut. She was in the remake of Hills of Eyes. Um, you know, she's one of those actresses. If you see her, you know her, and uh, you, uh, if you watch her as a young girl, you, you might go, oh, "She looks that familiar." But you know, in a sense, this is a you know her first film. But you know, probably her for a younger person, she's best known uh, being particularly. If we're talking about Halloween time as we are for Hocus Pocus playing Alison Watts. But you know, as she got older, obviously eyes wide shut, uh, Forty Days a Night, Hills of Eyes, Fair Ten to Yuma. And the uh, Soderbergh um, experimental drug thriller side effects as well. Which brings us to our killer. 
Jake Steinfield, who plays the incredibly aptly named Killer on the credits. Jake uh, was a, you know, was an American actor, but was far better known in the late 80s as a fitness guru who uh, developed a brand based on providing fitness and wellness and strength to, to actors. So, you know, in the days when um, actors needed personal trainers, Jake filled that role. And, you know, he made himself the uh, the face of his product. So it's Body by Jake, which sounds bizarre, but, you know, that's, that's the stuff that works well. And he created a, a channel called Fit TV in America, a 24-hour fitness lifestyle network, which went to News Corp in the end. And he did, he's done some mad shit. He's done like he did like he got into major league lacrosse. He helped launch that as a professional outdoor lacrosse league in the states. Um, and he even you know was a torchbearer for the London Olympics. Well, I mean that uh, fucking uh, this. Seven degrees of separation from somebody who carried the fucking Olympic torch to be fair in, in in 2012, but you know that's a different thing. But incredible as it all is, I mean, you know, the thing about him is, you know, this is previous, you know, this is before he became a um, a trainer for Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg, and he helped train Harrison Ford for Temple of Doom and the last and. Um, the, the Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, and then he appears as like on various bits and bobs, and it's always a bit goofy, you know. He's he's a big bloke, um, so he's you know this big lunkin kind of oh well oh, kind of character in a lot of the stuff he does, which makes him in this role even more you know ridiculous. And fuck me, does he ham it up? I mean, he really hams it up he's very um he's very big anyway and um you know he's trying to be uh, you know he's, he's acting like he's on pcp but he's not some kind of drug crazed maniac he's like a, a kind of a goofy overly violent like bowling ball of a bloke you know he kind of ro- rolls in and something stupid happens and he's gone Aah! you know like um i think i think what makes him so silly is he, he, he he's a bit like Lou Ferrigno in in the Incredible Hulk, you know, and that kind of just slow, massive but quite slow feats of of physical strength, you know, um, which doesn't help this as a horror film, to be brutally honest with you. But nonetheless, nonetheless, um, it certainly adds a certain bit to it. I think one of the problems is when you talk about these kind of things is you know. You can get a lot of fun out of trash or like really offensive stuff or silliness, you know. And um, this doesn't quite tick all the boxes, you know. I mean, it is very silly, unintentionally silly, and therefore you think would be kind of campy fun. But you know, it would really benefit from having better kills because for a horror film, you know, for a slasher film, you know, that's what you're there for. We've spoken about this before. You know, you pay your money to see young people getting killed in vicious ways, and if you don't, if they don't provide that, then you're you're in trouble. You know, but um, and that's that's where the problem is, I think, with this for a lot of it. But still, you know, they can't all be great classics, and it's uh, it's an interesting. Um, group of people 
to come together to make something so painfully <laughs> bottom tier. Bargain bin, I suppose. Hey, you want a beer? Anyway, thanks very much for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonastiespodcast at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter at, at orange underscore monkey. And you can uh, go to the website, slashtarpodcast.com or videonastiespodcast.com, where all the podcasts are. And hopefully there will be more coming as well. As in, new, new, new types of podcasts. <gasps> Excitement. Um, yes, just when I'm struggling for one podcast, why not throw another one in the mix? Good stuff. Anyway, um, next week we're going to deal with the 1983 Supernatural Possession movie, Mausoleum. I think it, it's an American film. I, I thought... I remember the cover very well from when I was younger. Um, I don't remember much about the film, uh, and I think that might be common. So I think you know you, you'll recognise the cover of the movie more than you'll you'll recognise um, the the film itself, um, which is a lot of um, exorcisty kind of you know possession, but not as gory or as vicious as that. So it's a, you know there's a lot you know it's more. Um, bulging eyes than, you know, projectile pea soup vomit, shall we say. Yeah, so um, it's, um, you know, uh, I think I think it's fair to say that, you know, it, it, it does uh, it does kind of have a, you know, it's a bit schlocky um, and, uh, you know, uh, as I say, I think I think in reality it's, it's a clearer, more interesting video cover maybe than a, a film itself. But we'll get on to that next week. It's certainly worth a go. If anything, just for you to say, you know, if you can remember that cover from when you were, when you were younger, you've got to give the fucker a go, haven't you? You know. Anyway, till then, take care. I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, seen one. i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film